Hello, gentle listener. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh no, Jimmy's doing an introduction, so that must mean that he's going to uh, tell us that there's something wrong with the audio of this episode of Drop the Pilot. I do be correct. My audio was really bad, but luckily, Nick and Alex didn't wear, wear, blah, didn't wear earphones um, and uh, they picked me up on their speakers through their microphones, so that's great. Normally, not great. This time, it's fine. You can still hear me. It's alright. It's better than the audio that I had. So, um, I barely speak anyway because I've got two guests. So that's fine. I'll just let them talk. So I hope you still enjoy the episode and I'll speak to you after the music. Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. And I'm Alex. Today we'll be talking about Beans of Boston, which aired on the 5th of May 1979 on CBS in the US. And I'm Nick. The pilot was written by David Croft, Jeremy Lloyd, Bill Idelson and Sheldon Bull and directed by Jerry Paris. And it's November, so um, what says Happy Thanksgiving better than a crappy American remake of a beloved British sitcom? <laughs> <laughs> garbage so what did you gentlemen think of beans of boston well i'm i'm flabbergasted it didn't go anywhere (laughs) i really am i thought it's it's um it's it's clever mix of bad casting and And bad acting and bad acting uh, really should have seen it through. Yeah, to I mean, a that, series. That's, that's a winning blend, isn't it? It is a winning. Actually, blend. we're being a bit unfair. Yeah. I didn't think it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, there are there are American remakes of British sitcoms that are much, much, much worse than this. Um, but what I thought was really interesting, actually, because we we watched um, we watched them together, and we watched um, Beans of Boston. And the original German Week episode of Are You Being Served that it was based on. I did as well. Yeah. Um, back to back. Yeah. Um, I think if anything, what it did is it really gave us an appreciation for the quality of Are You Being Served in terms of the performances. Yep. Um, in terms of, like, for example, the Are You Being Served theme tune is a classic. It's mm-hmm. it's just a brilliant piece of work. The credit sequence that's different every time with them setting up the shop for what's going to happen during that episode is really clever, and it shows a it shows a degree of craft and care that was almost completely absent from yes. Beans of Boston. <laughs> yeah, and it's surprising as well, considering the pedigree behind this. I mean, you've got Gary Marshall and you've got Jerry Paris, both of whom were um, Happy Days mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, and but. So, no, I think they just try to Americanise it a little bit too much at points, and the casting is. I think they did well with two members of the cast. I think Charlotte Ray is quite good, and I think John Hillerman is good. Yes, John Hillerman's brilliant. Yes. Charlotte Ray is. Sorry, Charlotte Ray is um, Mrs. Slocum. Mrs.
I also thought the um the I, I didn't I didn't write down the name of the actress, but the the performer who did Miss Brahms. I thought she gives a good performance. Yeah, yeah, it's a good performance. Um, I'm not sure that the way that they've set the character up does her any favours. No. Sort of standard ditzy blonde. Yeah. But she's quite good. Yeah, there's no yeah. depth to... I, I th- yeah, I thought one of the problems was they focused on two of the characters who they'd given the least depth to, which is Franklin, the son, uh-huh. uh, or the ne- nephew, and the Miss Brahms. Yeah. And, and they actually had a lot of lines. It's American sitcom, so they had to have a a Bollywood wouldn't it? And it yeah, a, a romance angle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, uh, Lorna Patterson is the actress um, who played Miss Brahms, and she was uh, she was the singing stewardess in Airplane. Oh, that's yes, it. of yes. course. I knew I'd seen her somewhere before. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yes, and she was also. Um, they made a Private Benjamin TV show based on the Golden yes, movie, and yeah. she was the lead in that. Oh, okay, that makes. I I dimly remember that from sort of late night TV <laughs> back in the nineteen eighties. Yes, it, that yes. wasn't terrible, actually. I'll just go through the, the the plot very very briefly, and then we'll just talk about the cast and everything again. And yeah, it's just there's nothing to it. It's just sales figures at Beans Apparel Apparel Department. Um, have been down for months, not coincidentally from the point Franklin Bean took over as department head. His uncle has warned him he must shape up or be shipped out. Franklin has two plans up his sleeve. One includes introduction of a new young sales assistant, Miss Brahms. Her useful appearance and up-to-date fashions have drawn the jealous ire of her superior, Mrs. Slocum, which wouldn't happen in the British version. Um, and the younger Mr. Bean's other idea involves a week-long promotion of imported German goods, including a festival-like atmosphere in which all the staff, even supervisor Mr. Peacock, must dress in authentic German outfits and perform a slap and tickle dance. That's it. That's the plot synopsis yep. on um, uh, uh, Wikipedia. So, the biggest problem is, it's Mr. Peacock. Yeah, not Captain Peacock. Yes. I think it works differently in America, which is fair enough, but come on, Captain Peacock. <laughs> He's Captain Peacock. It's not Mr. Peacock. But I suppose that, that is a that is a real cultural thing. I don't yeah. I, I I I guess the idea of people people middle aged men walking around still using their army rank from, from when mm. they were younger is isn't so much a thing in America or wasn't. No, it's, it's very British. Yeah. It's very British post war. Second World War. Obviously not any of the wars we've been involved with since. Um, (laughs) In in the British version, the fact he goes around calling himself Captain Peacock gives the the audience in Britain, certainly, uh, a view into his character immediately. Yes. Of he's the sort of dick who, 20 years after the war is finished, would still be using his army title, and he was only a captain. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's a major or a colonel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of... And, and the fact that he's he's sort of reduced to retail work. Yeah. As well, and trying to try trying to make himself as important as possible in, as, as possible in that role. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, t- it does. It tells you immediately a great deal about him. Yeah, it's a big backstory in just the word captain. Which yeah. is which is impressive, actually. Yeah. Which is another reason why it's so cleverly observed. Yeah. No, the British show. I remember it vaguely when I was a kid, but I have watched some 
and uh, recently for this, and it's a good show. Mm. It's, there's a reason why people think it's a classic sitcom. Um, it's, it doesn't always work. It doesn't. <laughs> oh, not all the jokes hit like these days. Yeah. Um, but it's still the ones I watched are still quite amusing. Um, but it's it's an odd choice for this as a pilot. It's an odd choice to t- sorry. It's an odd choice to take a series three episode of Are You Being Served as its pilot. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of an odd one. And also, especially one where what they're doing in the show is different to what they would normally do in a normal yes day. Yeah. You know, it, th- I'm sure there are plenty of episodes where they don't actually change the set to something that's different to normal. Yeah, and where they spend a lot more time interacting with customers, which is... Is is my recollection is kind of the the meat and drink of the show. Yeah, is the yeah. interactions with customers and the different customers who would come in. Yeah, yeah. Well, the title's called "Are You Being Served?" So yeah, yeah. This is sort of makes as sense, a, as it? opposed to "Are You Being German?" Which isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really have to talk about this. I really have to talk about Mister Humphreys. Oh, oh my <laughs> word! <laughs> what was what was going on there? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't know the actor. Um, Alan Sewers is his name, but apparently he was in a lot of like American shows where he played a camp character. Oh, where that, that's sort of his persona. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because he um, didn't seem to know what he was doing. Yeah. So, Rowan and Martin's uh, laughing. I think he was in. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, apparently his persona was campy and outrageous. Um, I'm just reading here, but it doesn't. It doesn't work. No, it, 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 he didn't. He didn't seem at any point to settle on on one character that he no. was doing. It seemed for almost from scene to scene or line yeah. to line. Sometimes he was going for campy. Then he was going for screaming queen. Then he was going for just a bloke. It was. It was really very very strange. Yeah, it was a bit hit and well, very hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah, there was at least one line where it was just bloke. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, there was no characterisation in it at all. No. Um, we, and he's also, he comes across as very creepy. Creepy was a word that came up quite a few times while yes. we were watching it. Uh, yeah. Mr. Lucas. He was creepy. Was yeah. really creepy. I mean, th- th- this you just wanted to yell, run, at, <laughs> at Miss Brahms. <laughs> And and any children that might be nearby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he was he was a deeply unpleasant yeah. character. And even even Mister Bean himself, the the older Mister Bean, yeah. he had a very creepy way of waving at people. Yeah, his little creepy hand near yeah, the hand near the mouth. <laughs> there were thoughts of sweeties and puppies. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was oh yes. But yeah, no, I th- I think uh, no, Mister Humphreys. This is a man who has a van. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A um, van as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a panel van. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's... Panel van. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't like the casting of Mister Humphreys, and I think it's the way that John Edman does it. See, John Edman got a lot of stick for being like a little bit too camp back in the seventies. Mm. But I think. He plays Mr. Humphreys as sort of, like, sweet as well. Yeah. yeah. There's a sweetness to John Inman's portrayal. 
Whereas um, Alan Sewers plays him as sort of like a creepy, I would jump you at any moment type of guy. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, but that's, I think that's maybe what Americans, Americans found humorous back in 1979. Maybe they thought that that's, that was a type of stereotypical gay humour that they found hilarious back then. Well, to be fair, obviously they didn't. <laughs> because... No, but that's true. <laughs> this man had a career in other things. Yes, he did. I'm, I'm, now I'm, I'm really shocked to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also well. thought there was there was no there was no sort of chemistry between him and Mister Lucas either, which is is one of the bedrocks of Are you being served? The relationship between Mr. Humphreys and Mr. Lucas, although they're very different, they mm. actually seem to get on quite well and quite enjoy sharing the space with each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whereas I got none of that here. And obviously, because they brought Miss Brahms in as a new character, there was no there was no sense of the sort of relationship that Miss Brahms and Mrs. Slocum have. Yeah, they didn't have a relationship. In the, in the, the original. I think part of the problem, I, for, if I was looking at this script... You know, as a you know, script editor, I'd say, okay, what you've done is taken the two least interesting characters as written on the page, made them the focus, and all those other peripheral characters have almost no lines. Also neutered everything that made Miss Brahms a, a, yeah, an interesting, interesting character in the first place. What the beauty of Miss Brahms is is she's quite snarky. Yeah, she's feisty and and rude, <laughs> and actually just. You she's, know. A, she's a proper London girl. And yeah, she exactly. Doesn't take, she doesn't take any nonsense. She doesn't suffer fools gladly. Even even from the guy who's supposed to be being her boyfriend, Mr. Lucas. Yeah, and then and you turn her into this sort of ditzy blonde. Yeah, that was a mistake. But but the thing was, you look at um, the menswear department. It, it's uh, I forget the name of the the guy who's supposed to be head of department, Mr. Granger. Mr. Granger. Who actually, I did think the Mr. Granger character that worked quite well he was that was quite a nice performance but he wasn't mm. given much to work but with. this is the thing he was given like three lines yeah whereas mr granger in that episode of the british version had quite a few lines yeah. and quite a lot to do and mr lucas had a lot to do yes in that but not in the american version he ha i can't even think of three three maybe it, it must three. be three four lines only and that's but that's primarily because Almost all the lines had been given to, like for example, Mr. Bean had far more lines than Mr. Grace than yes. young Mr. Grace ever would. The great thing about young Mr. Grace is that he could steal the show with in, a few lines, in very very few lines at all. Um, he had he had more lines than he would have had, and then Franklin ugh, certainly has a lot more lines than Mr. Rumbold does. Yeah. In, in Are You Being Served, yeah. far more, twice as many, and takes over half the show. And the problem is, he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say he wasn't a good comic comic actor, but I think that's the, the, it's, the comic is unnecessary. Yeah, he just, just, he wasn't an actor. Not a great actor. He doesn't even have a, um, a Wikipedia page. Good God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, one of the, I mean, straight away when it starts, we get um, older Mr. Bean. It's weird saying Mr. Bean, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> older Mr. Bean, played by Tom Poston, um, who uh, I can't remember what I've seen him in, but I've seen him about things. 
Bob Howard. Newhart, the Bob Newhart show. Yeah, he's been in, yeah, loads of things. Um, yeah. But I think he's been like old, um, old age makeup in this. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a, a wig, yeah. a toupee. Yep. Yeah. His introduction, his introductory scene was quite sort of, I think that's one of the new scenes that they added. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's just not funny. Though there is, um, there's a really nice visual gag with the chart. Right. Which I like. Yeah, yeah. When he, when he, well, first of all, when he un, he he unfurls the chart, <laughs> yes. and then yeah. when he say when he just points and said, "This is where you took over." <laughs> and actually, they didn't really need to do most of the rest of it because yeah. this is yeah. where you took over, and you just see, you see, see this huge drop off. Yeah, uh, the, the bit I like <coughs> he was hanging up the phone, and it was just his delivery of hanging up the phone. Um, that was I just yeah. that. that was the best thing. But I think when he falls off the chair, I don't think that's shot correctly. It's very badly sort of yes, uh, yes blocked. Um, he just disappears. Yes, <laughs> but that's that's the thing. There's a, there's a laziness to a lot of it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the audience loved it. I wonder whether it was just canned laughter. I don't know. They they seem to enjoy it a lot. The audience. Yeah, I think it was yeah. the audience. Because Gary Marshall liked his audiences drunk. Uh, <laughs> apart, apart from the uh, like, the first season of Happy Days didn't have an audience because it was shot in film. Right. But um, but yeah, I think you can't trust that anyway, though. Um, have you ever done it? Been in the audience for a, a sitcom in the? No. Okay, you're you're basically held hostage. Yeah, that's true. Right. You're there for a long time. Um, I've been to a number of them. Um. Mm-hmm often for pilots that never turned into anything else either. Right. And they, they tend to be either one of two things, incredibly cold mm. or incredibly hot. hot. <laughs> um, they will do things and then they will redo them and say, we need you to laugh. Yeah. Right. Um, and you've been there for two hours already. The, you, they're not letting you go out for the toilet. You can't go, you can't go and get a drink or anything. And uh, you just want to get out of there. So you laugh. Yeah, because Mr. <laughs> Hartley's even gets a round of applause for um, when he answers the phone and says menswear. He just says menswear, and then the audience could, like go crazy and applaud. Yeah. And it's like that wasn't really funny. Yeah, he said that in a deep voice or anything. It would have been better if it was John Inman. You know, he just had that, it, it was a real change of gear, whereas this guy, because, yeah, you weren't quite sure where he was anyway, when he did that menswear, there wasn't the contrast, to, and that's what makes it really funny. Yeah, and that's about choices, isn't it? It's about choices you make as a performer, and I think that's the other thing. So you mentioned the Mrs. Slocum character. Now, I did think she's clearly a good actor, um, and she did, she did a, a decent performance there. But when you when you look at the, when you look side by side at her and Molly Sugden, wow, yeah, in terms of comic performance, it's there, there is there is no comparison. And the best example I could give, and this this is why I say it's about choices, is the scene where she appears drunk. Um, she so it's been flagged up already that she's been drinking all day, and they both have a scene. One in Beans from Boston, Beans of Boston, where she comes out of the lift drunk and in are you being served where she comes out of the changing room drunk yeah and they're played very similarly 
but Molly Sugden's is so much funnier, and I think it's because they both do that thing where they go across the they go across the line of people singing, you know, tra la 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 la. Yeah. Molly Sugden makes a brilliant choice there, which is that she pitches it just slightly lower than her normal voice, so it <laughs> sounds much more drunk and and possibly just on the edge of being dangerous. <laughs> And that's that's what really good comic performers do. They can find the right choice that really is just funnier than than the yeah, other way yeah, of yeah. doing it. Yeah. Well, uh, Charlotte Ray um, was in Different Strokes. Um, she was uh, Mrs. Garrett in Different Strokes. Uh, yeah. She was the, the the maid, I think. Right. And she got spun off into her own. Um, sitcom, The Facts of Life. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Off, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but that was um, that was nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty six. So if this had got picked up, she would have got The Facts of Life. Uh, <laughs> so and she received a an Emmy. Um, wow. No. For um, best actress in a comedy for Facts of Life. So you know. I don't think she would have got one for this. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, as I say, she's like I said, she's clearly a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. But on that evidence, not in, not in Molly Sugden's league as a comic comic performer. No. Also, I think I think one of the biggest differences between the two is in the British version, you get a lot of a lot of windows into the home lives of mm. the characters. So you get the um, Mr. Humphreys, well, my oven, my oven turns on at seven. What's the problem with that? Well, my slippers are in it. And then you get the thing of, um, I like to have my slippers on at gas mark two for 10 minutes. Uh, and all of that. And then, and then you've got, uh, Mr. Grayson, well, not Mr. Grayson, Mr. Mr. Granger, Granger saying, uh, well, I want to get home. It's my bath night. You know, and he only has one bath every three weeks. It's only if I can get the old boiler working. And Mr. Lucas does a gag about the guy's wife. And you just get, you know, Mrs. Slocum's pussy and Mr. Lucas and Miss Bra. You get a lot which, of... Which is a classic example of the difference between the two Lucases. Yes. When, when British Mr. Lucas says that, it sounds like a, a just a cheeky chappy, being, yes. a bit, being a bit naughty, being a bit rude. The American Mr. Lucas, I feel like if I got a window into his personal life, I'd have to call the police, they'd have to come round, they'd have to lever <laughs> up the floorboards, who knows what's under there. A kill room, that's what's under there. <laughs> a concrete room with with manacles and chains welded into the walls. Just uh, just like a panel in the wall with all his trophies behind it. Yeah, something. Yeah. I, I think that, as much as anything, because the, the American version, the characters had zero depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realise it's kind of like uh, comparing apples and pears in some ex- to some extent, because... The episode from the British one was series three, episode whatever, whereas this was a pilot. But they had they put those details in, it would have made the pilot so much better. It's yeah, it's a basic level of competence, isn't it? I mean, I know, I know, uh, we talked about this quite a bit when we were watching it. That that this is this is a cast. The British one is a cast that have been together for a long time that have learned how to work together. They've developed their chemistry with each other. Yeah. And that does explain it to a certain extent, but not completely. No. Yeah. But that uh, that's also why I'm baffled that they picked German week. Yeah. Mm. Because I think you would, for that sort of thing to happen at the end with the dance, I think you, not only do you need your characters to know each other better, 
you also need your like cast to know each other better because if you're going to be slapping someone in the face, you you should be work, you should have worked with that person for three years <laughs> rather than just one day. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true, and also, also the yeah, audi- yeah. the audience needs to know them better. To understand how ridiculous it is. Yes. You know, part of the humour of Captain Peacock putting on the lederhosen is you've lived with Captain Peacock being this... Yeah, just the idea of it. His... Also, they dropped a gag. Which gag? The um, the, the, the lederhosen. So, so, and they, but this was in both of them. We, yeah, we yeah. Thought, thought this was quite odd. That they um so there's the moment where Captain Peacock's saying he's not going to get dressed. He's not going to be getting dressed up because... He'd, you know, if he's going to wear anything, it should be something that gives it that gives him authority. And that, for us, we both thought that's a moment where they should immediately cut, cut to him to in the lederhosen. Next scene, laid man in lederhosen. By by putting the the other scene in between. Yeah, the scene with the bustier. Yeah, and tying <laughs> up the <laughs> tips. <laughs> Which is that's but that's the thing that links both shows. By the way, a lot of the show could come down to <laughs> tips. Yeah. <laughs> But what I you like were saying that. earlier about the audience, <laughs> the audience doesn't really know these characters, that's reflected in the fact that you see the audience has zero reaction to this Mr. Peacock in a lederhosen. Yeah. There's no reaction to seeing him wearing that at all. Yeah. Whereas in the British version, the audience are rolling about laughing at seeing Captain Peacock wearing this, you know, something that you would never imagine him wearing. Because it undercuts a carefully a carefully built up character, and and Frank Thornton yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, he is brilliant. Absolutely, He's absolutely brilliant. But also, the other problem with picking the German week is the resonance of that show is completely different yes, in America, there. and particularly yeah. at that time. I mean, it's and it and it's it, it is yeah, you know, it is raised explicitly in the show that this is the point in time where um where it, Britain is joining the European Union. And then you still have the whole history that Britain and Germany have together, yeah. which, okay, America has a history with the war as well, but it's not the same. No. And it's, it's, it's not as deep and it's not as long. Yeah. And, and so that sort of, that again, it robs the episode of, of that level of an aspect. Yeah. Quite an important aspect of, of what made that episode worth making, actually. Mm. Absolutely. No, absolutely. It, 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 the cultural aspect of it. It baffles me. I am baffled that they chose that as yeah. the episode. No, it's, it's a good question you asked there, Jimmy. <laughs> Why yeah. this one? I would love to have been just a fly on the wall in that meeting of, mm. hey, which episode should we choose? Well, the German week, obviously. It, it's, yeah. it, it's utterly baffling. It really is. Um, I can't. I don't really know the, the pilot to how you've been served. I've seen clips of it. There's something to do with a faulty elevator. Um, oh, that rings a bell. Yeah, so they could have maybe done that in this one. Ah, ah, well. The elevators are funny in America too. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, of course, the reason they wouldn't have wanted to use the pilot for Are You Being Served as the pilot for the American one was the pilot for Are You Being Served failed. Um, they, oh, it did, didn't it? Yeah, the BBC didn't want it. The reaction of one of the senior BBC executives was, this is all right, lose the puff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and you just think, Absolutely right. right? Oh, okay. England, my England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so they were probably thinking Croft and Lloyd with is it Croft and Lloyd, isn't it? Uh, Croft and Lloyd. Yeah. yeah, 
probably thinking, geez, we can't, we, let's not use the pilot because it didn't work last time round. We've only got to where we are through fluke. Okay, well, that explains why not the pilot, but it doesn't explain why, why not, not any, any other, other episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because <coughs> um, the thing about yeah. the pilot is it gets shelved um, because the BBC hated it. But then the, the Munich Olympics massacre happened. Yep. And um, the BBC wanted something light to show, so they showed the pilot. And then it was just then that that's when the show got picked up. So, you know, I don't want to say thank you, um, <laughs> Munich, but... Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's the case, you know. Although, yeah, although in a funny way, knowing that makes the German week an even more tasteless choice. Yes, yes. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I have a question for you, gentlemen. This is obviously uh, an American remake of a British TV show... But have they actually ever worked apart from The Office? Um, <laughs> it's very rare. I mean, I have a lot of. There's a lot of pilots I've covered. Peep Show One, um, and there's an IT Crowd one, and there's loads of. There was like a few Forty Towers ones. There's a failed. spaced one. Yeah, no, that one did work. Yes, um, yeah. their, their version of the young ones. Uh, I think it was called The Golden Girls. That that did very well. <laughs> there actually um, is an American version of The Young Ones. It's called... It's called... Oh, it's called Oh No, Not Them. <laughs> the one episode, there was a pilot. I can't fucking find it anywhere. I'm pissed off because I really want to see it. But Nigel Planer is in it. Is Neil. Wow. Yeah, what? And, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jackie L. Haley is in it as well. Um, one of his very early roles. Uh, wow. So yeah. Oh no, not them! It's called. Oh no, not them! I'm writing that down. Yes, that's yeah. that's one to check out. Definitely. I suppose. I mean, it's it's not a sitcom, but Shameless. Yeah, that's yeah, that's popular. That's and that's something that, like The Office, has been made very much its own thing. So they've taken the basic idea, but and I think that's the that's the the key thing, isn't it? To to try and try and not make it too British, not too much like the original. I know which one, Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker, yes. What, what's right. that? Um, what's that called? Uh, uh, bless this house. No, 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 no not bless this house. Um, um, hang on. Uh, all in, All the, in family. the family, and yeah. then there was there was the Archie Bunker show as well, and then the Archie Bunker show. So so that 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 was very popular. Yes. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Sanford's son as well. Yeah, because that's Steptone's son. Yes, yeah. that's a very famous one. Oh, yeah. we found some. That's really good. I think that's good work, team. Yeah, I actually thought that there wasn't any, but, you know, there was. But I think, but although, to be fair, those ones were the 70s and early 80s, and then there weren't really any good ones until The Office. Well, and and to be fair, I mean, uh, you see, I I actually I need to go back and rewatch the American Office because I was really put off by the fact that the first the first episode, the first two episodes, I think at least, are really just straight copies of the yeah. of the UK Office. Oh, they, they're basically the same taste. the same script. And what what I've been told is that actually it develops in its own ways and is very oh, yeah. different. And he's yeah. he's not a Brent clone no. at no. all. Um, so I ne- I need to go back. I ha- I haven't given it a second chance, which I, I should. I've watched. I think. Eight seasons or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle of season five. 
um, which uh, I, I make it sound like I'm watching it every week. I'm not, uh, but um, <laughs> but I am in season five. Right. I, I it's one of those ones. My problem with The Office has always been sometimes it gets too embarrassing for me to watch. But I've always felt that. I mean, I used to, I used to, yeah. even as a child, there were times when I'd feel that with are you with not are you being served? Um, some mothers do have them. No, yeah. Oh, I never got that with some mothers. Oh, do you God, have them? no, there was some Faulty moments, Towers. Even as a child, there were. See, I never got that with Faulty Towers. This I was just a later. This was just a tall, angry man. That was fine. Yeah. Um, some mothers do have them. There were t- there were times when I would just be almost watching through closed eyes. Like, please, just let something not go wrong. <laughs> well, I think another thing that this this pilot suffers from is the fact that. It's only 22 minutes long, yeah. whereas the original version, because it was in the BBC and there was no adverbs, so it was 28 minutes uh-huh. long. Yeah, it is, it is the five minutes that gives you all the characters. Yeah. It is. I mean, there, there is another way of looking at it. So funnily enough, we talked about this this morning as well when we were, we were watching it. And um, the first thing is we started watching it. We had the theme tune uh, about which more in a minute. And then as soon as the theme tune finished... They went to adverts. And I, yeah. I was, what adverts straight after the theme show? Nick's Nick's saying no. You, this is this is America. This, this is, is America. Welcome yeah. to America. Unbelievable. But the thing is, the other way of looking at that is that good good American sitcoms are really good because they're so tight because they only have twenty two minutes. Yeah. Um. So there there are two there are two angles on this. Yeah. I get. I get that British sitcoms do tend to have that a little bit more of characterisation in them, mm. but again, that's good ones. Bad ones just have an extra six minutes of bad jokes. Yes, yeah. which which nobody needs. Well, I mean, we even noted that that there are a couple of points in the British version, like the gag with um, uh, Captain Peacock, it should have cut to straight to him to Lederhosen, mm-hmm. but also um, there, there. I think there are, they could have trimmed about three minutes out of the British version and it wouldn't have made it worse. It, it is a little flabby at points. There are just a few just, points. Just so, just so no one thinks we're just kicking the American remake. Yeah. They were, I mean, I also, I don't think the ending was particularly It wasn't worse. a great ending. I, th- I think there was... Uh, of either of, of them. Of the, either of them. Yeah, that's true, actually, because it's just like, yeah, okay, everyone's fine, and that was it. Yeah. Um, but another problem that this one suffers from because of the time difference is... That the dance at the end seems really anticlimactic in this version. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's shorter, and it's not as you know the the with um, Mrs. Slocum and uh, Mister or Captain whatever Peacock hitting each other. It doesn't. It's not the same in this one because we don't know them, so we really don't give a shit if they're hitting each other or not. Yeah, it just, it, there's nothing there to, for us as an audience to grasp onto. Um, because we don't know them yet, and and we spent so much time with the worst actor in the cast, which is the guy playing Franklin, <laughs> and so much time with Miss Brahms mm-hmm. that you you literally don't have any idea about the dynamics of all these other people. Mm-hmm. Um, which, in the case of Mister Lucas, I'm quite glad about. But you know, there was even there was even with Franklin, there were at least three occasions where he grabbed his lapel. 
which I, I recognise as having formerly been at times a very, very bad stage actor, I recognise as being, I no longer have any idea what my hands are supposed to be doing. Yes. So I'm going to grab my lapel. And it was, it was genuinely that amateur level yeah, of no, acting does that, that we were they? seeing. Yes. It was just bizarre. Why would they focus so much on him? Why would you cast him? Because he's good looking? I think that's it. I think they were just looking for a, a young, sort of handsome man, leading man sort of thing. And then him and Miss Brahms could get together. That's that's it. That's being, a, being a young, handsome, leading man and being able, able to, to act above a primary school level are, are not mutually exclusive. Well, the other one is... <laughs> again, though, welcome to America. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you look at his equivalent in the British one, it's Mr. Rumble, <laughs> who is absolutely not the handsomest man in the cast. No. Well, I mean, the beauty of, of Are You Being Served is that almost nobody is good looking. Yeah. Except Miss Brahms, um, who uh, maybe is it, well, certainly then, she was oh, she's a good looking woman. Yeah. yeah. But. But actually, as soon as she opens her mouth, you're like, oh, I don't know, though. <laughs> you know, because she's very snarky. Yeah, she you is. Know. Um, okay, the snark, not, not the London accent. Oh, snark. no, no, not like... Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, to, to my ears, it, it is horribly estuarine. <laughs> and I would never countenance. But the other thing about Mr. Rumbold that I think, and this 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 is a real missed opportunity because I think this is quite universal. It's not just a British thing. Um, and if they'd thought about who Mr. Rumbold is when they were writing Franklin, that might have it might have been better. But there's there's something about Mr. Rumbold that there's that really lovely um, frustration and ineffectuality of. Of a, a, a mediocre man caught between insane owners yeah. and and a bolshy yet incompetent workforce. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and again, Mister Rumble manages to capture all of that. Yeah. Is with yeah. with very little, very little to work with a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it, it goes all the way down through the whole cast, even to um, the delivery guy, who. I can't remember the name, his name in the actor's name in the British version. He got replaced by Arthur English um, in the later series. Uh-huh. And he was, I thought he was good in the American version, but they didn't give him nearly enough. Oh, Mr. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't give him. And that, that really, actually, that really got my goat. They gave him two things. One was being chippy. Yep. And one was dancing with a big grin on his face. I mean, how much more minstrelsy do you want to be <laughs> with the only, yeah. the only black member of the cast? Yeah. You're going to do that? Really? It, yeah. <laughs> they don't, they um, didn't think about it. They just thought, what, what do black people do? Oh, sometimes they get annoyed because they think that they're not being treated properly. Um, and sometimes they dance with a big smile on their face. Those are the two things we can have a black person do. That's it. Nothing else. So what's the <laughs> absolutely nothing. Nothing else. Yeah. That no sure, that is character development, isn't it? That's yeah. that that is a that is a black character we've developed yes. there. <laughs> y- 
Yes. <laughs> I, Alex, I don't know what point you're making. Yes, I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> Ooh, right, so do you want to talk about the theme tune then? Yes. Oh, yes. The, the, um, theme, tune, the theme tune for Are You Being Served oh, is a comes thing after of beauty. Money. It comes after yeah, money, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a thing of beauty. It's, I genuinely think it's one of the greatest TV theme tunes ever it's so different it's so it's so much it's so much sets the context for the show um brings you into that world mm. so perfectly and not, not just the world of the department store but the world of the shop floor yeah so perfectly it brings you into the shop as a customer which is amazing um it's so different to any other sitcom theme tunes this is this is something that's really been thought about properly um, it's up there, well, you were saying it's up there with only fools and horses theme tune. Yeah, as as something that that genuinely sets the scene. Yeah, it actually brings you right into the show. The theme tune for Beans of Boston is an abomination. What what was that? I don't know. I think it's um, I think it's Tom Boston singing, and he's singing "This is my store, Beans of Boston." Yeah. The, the... He he does the backstory, and it's <laughs> just dreadful. Yeah. And then the, the opening credit shows like the small shop, and then it's getting engulfed and bigger buildings getting built round about. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that's all we see of that. that yeah, exactly. So, so if they, I mean, if the show, if what they were trying to do with the show was do a sitcom about a department store that's an old family department store that's trying to survive in the modern world, that would be fine. I would yeah. get that. Although it was still an awful theme tune, but just as a general idea. Yeah, that's fine, but that that nothing that that idea played no part in the in the show at all. No, because no. it because it's all down to just Mister Franklin's bit of the sh- department yeah. store was failing, and everything else is doing okay. Yeah, as opposed to it's all going wrong. There are so many wrong moves in that show in every aspect of it. You made a really good point, Jimmy, about the blocking of some of the scenes. Mm. Of of when when old Mister Frank uh, Mister Bean sorry uh, falls behind the desk, it's like he he just literally disappears. Yeah, and you you can't see him. Uh, there isn't a cutaway to isn't him. Isn't his chair in the way? Yeah, and and yeah. there isn't a That's cutaway to a side camera of him yeah. on the floor or anything like that. And and there's no there's no previous thing of us being able to see him try, straining down. Yeah, before he falls, there's no context. This is just an old man fell off a chair, and you can't see, even see <laughs> the comedy of him landing. No, um, could just as easily be the opening scene of Casualty. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I think throughout it it um, suffers from just leaden, slightly clumpy. Uh, Scene blocking and and camera work, and this is from a, a veteran um, a director as well. Yeah, so I have to I have to question how much he was actually involved in this because it just doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to be representative of his work yeah. at all. Gary, just Gary as Marshall. yeah, yeah, just as um, you know, Croft and Lloyd were. Mm. Or were involved in the writing of it, but how much actually were they involved? Well, I in think this? maybe they just got a credit because they lifted a lot of their script. That's, that's yeah, what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I mean, Jerry Paris, who um, who directed the episode, I think he like directed the episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show and stuff. I think. Wow. I'm just looking it up just now, but I mean, if he did, <laughs> my internet's going slow. But if he did do that, then that's like, well, Dick Van Dyke was a slapstick show. So how how can you do? bad blocking of that falling off the chair scene. Yeah, but also Dick, the Dick Van Dyke show was beautifully constructed. Mm-hmm. And you talk yeah. about care being taken, yeah, the yeah, care yeah. taken in that show was was astonishing. There, there's no way something like that would have been allowed to happen. And there's a huge amount of energy in that show oh, as well. Oh God, yeah, which was, was notably absent. Um, do you have anything else to you want to talk about in this uh, piece of garbage well, just one thing. I do I do wonder, given what we've talked about, about the pedigree of some of the people involved with that show, those who have their own Wikipedia page. H- Higgins. Higgins from Magnum P.I. Higgins P. from Magnum P.I. How could I forget Higgins? See, I always have to mention Magnum P.I. on this podcast somehow. <laughs> well, that was, that was a gift. Yeah, exactly. But no, I do, I do kind of wonder... Because it was so shoddy in some ways. Mm. I do kind of wonder if actually, because of the whole process of development and casting and everything, if by the time they actually came to shoot in the pilot, they already knew it wasn't happening. It didn't look like a happy ship. No, it didn't It didn't really look like everyone was really going for it. No, that's true. I agree with that. Mm. Right, so that's all we have time for. I'd like to thank um, you lovely gentlemen for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jimmy. It's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, uh, If you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod on Twitter. Uh, Shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Off the top of the dome. Um, (laughs) Where can the people follow you online, gentlemen? They can find us on, on Twitter at ClownsHQ. Um, email is clownshq at gmail.com and the website is Nick. Hang on. Uh, He's looking. He's I, looking. I am, I'm having to look We're on up. Facebook as well and you can find us on basically any podcast platform. Yeah, and, and what's the name of your podcast? Oh the, yeah, we didn't say that. Did <laughs> <laughs> We're really good at this promotion thing. Uh, the podcast is Release the Clowns Sketch Comedy Podcast. And you can find our website is releasetheclowns.podbean.com. Excellent. Thank you all for listening and speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Thank you.